You are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. Tuesday, December 27th. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. A series of atmospheric river storms has begun to pummel Northern California. We let you know how much rain and snow to expect from the rest of the week and where to get sandbags and other assistance from the county. The California Report moves beyond the Golden State to relive our breathtaking year of achievement in space exploration. We end with Mark Cuneberti's Money Matters Commentary. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to take a break from our usual format and subjects we cover and go far beyond the Golden State, all the way into space. This, after all, has been a big year for space exploration. There was the deployment of a powerful new space-based telescope. It's peering billions of years back through time and bringing us stunning images of our universe when it was in its infancy. A rocket was launched to the moon in preparation for humankind's return to the lunar surface. But this time, NASA says we'll stay. And what about that spacecraft that collided on purpose with an asteroid? What we learned from that might one day save our world from a celestial object on a collision course with Earth. Here to talk about these achievements and others in 2022 are KQED's Danielle Venton and Benjamin Burris, an astronomer at Oakland's Chabot Space and Science Center. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Danielle, let's start with you and with a bang. What was the biggest space story this year from your perspective? You know, there was one story that really just kept on giving. This was the James Webb Space Telescope. This is an elaborate, highly risky telescope that's been the talk of the astronomy world for years. Most powerful telescope put into space so far. It launched last year on Christmas, uh, and liftoff was from a spaceport in French Guyana. Uh, this is what that sounded like if you were watching the live stream. And liftoff. Decollage, liftoff from a tropical rainforest to the edge of time itself. James Webb begins a voyage back to the birth of the universe. And about a month later, it arrived at its new home, about a million miles away, and started getting ready to work. Things went smoothly, and then this summer, we saw the first images, a set of five pictures, and they were just stunning. Previously dark areas of the sky were revealed to be frothy with these beautiful points of light. And since then, there have been regular releases of new images, and they are completely breathtaking. Well, let's turn to our astronomer who's joining us. Uh, Mr. Burris, what are scientists learning from these images? Just as the Hubble Space Telescope set records uh, for discovering the most distant galaxies in the universe, uh, Webb is doing the same, seeing farther into space and further back in time than ever before. Uh, Webb has captured images of galaxies as they've looked only 400 million years after the Big Bang, closer to the beginning of the universe, even than Hubble. Not only that, Webb is revealing some of those distant galaxies to be much more complex than expected having well-formed disk shapes, even in their infancy. Astronomers expected the earliest, youngest galaxies of the universe to look like chaotic clumps of stars that might later gather into disk and spiral shapes we're familiar with in older galaxies. But Webb is spotting the more complex disk structures at 10 times the expected rate. Another exciting observation by Webb has been extrasolar planets. Not only has it captured direct images of planets that are many light years away from us, 
but it has detected the presence of water vapor and carbon dioxide in the atmospheres of two Jupiter-sized exoplanets. Hmm, that's amazing. And just staying with you, Ben, what else captured your attention this year when it came to space exploration? Well, NASA's DART mission is pretty exciting. Uh, the double asteroid redirection test. Back in September, NASA crashed a 1,200-pound spacecraft into the smaller of a pair of asteroids. Uh, the half-mile-wide-sized uh, Didymus and its 600-foot moonlit dimorphous. The idea was to study how much the impact could alter Dimorphos' orbit around the larger asteroid to test the feasibility of deflecting an asteroid headed for a collision with Earth in the future, altering its course to make it miss. And the dark collision altered the period of Dimorphos' orbit, making it 30 minutes shorter. And NASA is also preparing to send human beings back to the moon. Uh, what can you tell us about that, Danielle? That's right. NASA is hoping to use its Orion capsule to send and return humans to the moon in 2025. And so it is testing out equipment in stages. Up just a few days ago, an uncrewed test flight mission known as Artemis 1 returned from its flight around the moon and splashed down about a few hundred miles south of San Diego. And if you watch the NASA stream of the event, uh, here's what that sounded like. Splashdown. From tranquility base to Taurus Litro to the tranquil waters of the Pacific, the latest chapter of NASA's journey to the moon comes to a close. Orion, back on Earth. Now, this lays the groundwork for the next stages of the Artemis program, which will rely on SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk's rocket company, to build a moon lander for astronauts. That contract is worth around $3 billion. And part of the idea is that that could lay the groundwork for human settlement of of space. You mentioned SpaceX, which is a private company, of course. And that makes me think that space isn't just the territory of the U.S. and Russian governments or the European Space Agency anymore, is it? No, not at all. Um, many people are getting into, uh, into the space world, into, into the space biz, as it were. Um, and this point was really driven home by another important piece of space news this year, one that didn't get as much attention, uh, which is that China completed its own space station. It's now in orbit and it's staffed with astronauts, or the term they use is taikonauts. And within a few years, this may begin um, actually welcoming wealthy space tourists. And finally, for either one of you, any other important 2022 space events we should know about? I think the image that was captured of our galaxy's central supermassive black hole deserves deserve some mention. Uh, astronomers have known for a long time that the Milky Way has a big black hole at its core, one with a mass of about 4 million sun-sized stars. But until this year, they only knew about it indirectly. Uh, but the program called the Event Horizon Telescope has shown us the black hole's silhouette. The Event Horizon Telescope is actually a collection of five different radio dishes positioned around the world that work together as if they were one very large radio telescope. All right. We've been talking to Benjamin Burris, an astronomer at Oakland's Chabot Space and Science Center, and Danielle Venton, a science reporter at KQED. Thank you both. My pleasure. Thanks, all. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. Personalcapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt 
Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And that's this space edition of the California Report. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. In regional news, mass flight cancellations by Southwest Airlines have created mayhem across the country for holiday travelers, including at Sacramento International Airport, where more than 80% of the airline's flights had been canceled as of this morning. According to reporting by the Sacramento Bee, 52 of 63 Southwest flights set to arrive at or depart from Sacramento International today had been canceled. That's about 83%. Southwest's 63 planned flights represented close to two-thirds of the airport's total for the day. Between 7 a.m. Monday and 7 a.m. today, Southwest had canceled more than 2,500 of its flights nationwide, or about 63% of its planned takeoffs, according to real-time data from the flight tracking website FlightAware. Even higher percentages of Southwest flights were canceled at several major California airports. FlightAware data showed 79% of the airline's flights today at San Francisco International and 75 at San Diego International were canceled for the 24-hour period ending at 7 this morning. Southwest said in a statement on its website Monday that it would fly about one-third of its schedule for the next several days as it works to get its operations back to normal. The disruption comes in the wake of an extreme winter storm that affected the eastern two-thirds of the country starting last week and continued into Christmas weekend. Long lines and piles of luggage were evident at airports nationwide. The U.S. Department of Transportation said in a statement posted to social media that it was concerned by Southwest's unacceptable rate of cancellations and delays and reports of lack of prompt customer service. Southwest recorded by far the highest flight cancellation rate Monday. Next highest among U.S. domestic airlines was Spirit, with 10% of its flights canceled from 7 a.m. Monday to 7 a.m. today. That data comes from FlightAware, as reported by the Bee. The storm that brought high winds, downed trees, 15 separate power outages, and travel troubles to our county in the past 24 hours is moving through. But two more are on the way, likely lasting through Sunday, according to the National Weather Service. If you're going to attempt to travel, check with Caltrans on the latest chain controls and road conditions. The second storm in this series will move in Wednesday evening with expected precipitation totals for Grass Valley and Nevada City of up to one inch and snow levels of 3,500 feet rising to about 6,000 feet Thursday. The third atmospheric river storm in this series will move in Friday and peak Saturday night, bringing as much as seven and a half inches of rain to Grass Valley and Nevada City. According to a special weather statement from the National Weather Service, the storm this coming weekend will bring the greater Lake Tahoe area heavy rain and high elevation snow. Snow levels are expected to rise to about 8,000 feet for around 24 hours during the heaviest precipitation. Snow levels will fall Saturday afternoon, bringing impacts to most Sierra passes by evening and to Lake Tahoe and foothill elevations by early Sunday morning. The snow will be a heavy and wet Sierra cement, according to the National Weather Service. 
Major rises are expected on rivers, creeks, and streams, and drainage problems may bring localized flood concerns. Another round of gusty southwest winds are expected with this storm, but winds do not look as strong as what was experienced this morning, according to the Weather Service. In our regional forecast for tonight and Wednesday, showers are likely tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, with a possible thunderstorm and patchy fog. Otherwise, it will be mostly cloudy with a low around 35 and calm winds. The forecast for Wednesday is patchy morning fog, clearing to sun with a high of 48 and calm wind. Wednesday night after 10, showers are expected to develop with a low in the mid-30s and calm winds. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, a winter storm warning remains in effect until 4 a.m. Wednesday with total snow accumulations of 4 inches and up to 12 inches above 7,000 feet. The Sierra could experience winds of around 45 miles per hour with gusts of up to 100 miles per hour along ridgetops and 3 to 5 foot waves on Lake Tahoe. Wednesday will clear to mostly sunny with a high of 34, a low of around 19, and southwest wind of 10 miles per hour. Wednesday night, expect a chance of snow after 10. Tonight in Sacramento and Woodland, patchy fog after 11, otherwise partly cloudy, with a low around 40. Wednesday, expect patchy morning fog, otherwise partly sunny, with a high near 51. A 50% chance of showers is expected late Wednesday night, with a low around 42. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Wednesday will bring a break in the series of storms pummeling our area. That means it might be a convenient time to refresh your supply of sandbags and the sand to fill them. Nevada County provides sandbags for free. Just get yourself to one of four locations and bring a shovel and some able-bodied help. KVMR's Felton Pruitt digs up useful information about how you can prevent flood damage on your property and also get help, if needed, from public works. We're talking with Taylor Wolf, Nevada County's public information officer. We've had a lot of rain last night, Taylor. People are probably looking for sandbags and wondering how the streets are getting cleared up. What do you got for us? Yeah, thank you, Felton. Uh, Yes, we have free sand and sandbags for Nevada County residents. We do this program every year through October 1st to April 30th, so it'll be going into the 2023 new year. And really, this service is just to help people mitigate impacts to their personal property or their homes. We have four locations in western Nevada County where residents can pick up free sand and sandbags, but we do ask residents to bring their own able bodies and their own shovels to fill the sandbags with sand. These locations are at the Nevada County Warehouse on the corner of Highway 49 and East Broad Street. That is right before you reach the Eric Rood Center and actually on the opposite side of the highway on 49. We also have a location at the Penn Valley Fire Protection District, located off Spencerville Road in Penn Valley, at the North San Juan Community Hall off Reservoir Street in North San Juan, and at Higgins Fire Department, located off Combi Road in Auburn. And again, we just had a lot of rain last night and a lot of wind, too, so 
people are probably seeing, you know, some of that flooding or pooling or rain runoff this morning next to their homes. But we expect this rain and stormy weather to continue through the week. The National Weather Service is predicting anywhere of another five-plus inches over several days this time throughout the week. But there's still time to to go pick up that sandbag. Just remember to bring your own shovel and an able body to help you shovel that sand and get it into bags. And I would imagine Public Works has been out working really hard, keeping the roads clear, getting the tree limbs off of the roads, and then also clearing drains. They have. Our Public Works crews have been out since 2.30 a.m. this morning responding to those downed trees. Um, This is right around that time that the wind really picked up last night, and we were starting to see some of those trees come down across roadways. You know, they're working hard as of this morning before 8 a.m. They had already cleared several downed trees, so traffic was passable in those roadways. Uh, with the help of local fire departments, too. So a lot of gratitude to our fire departments for their help, you know, clearing roadways when we have these larger emergencies or weather events to even just being the host for many of our sandbag locations, too. Um, and then, of course, we encourage residents, if you if you are driving, of course, be careful in this weather, first and foremost. But if you do come across a downed tree or maybe an impassable flooding or puddle within a roadway, please do let us know so we can address it. You can easily submit your request online with photos and locations on our website at nevadacountyca.gov slash service request, or you can give our Public Works Department a call at 530-265-1411. Again, National Weather Service is letting us know that although we've made it through probably the biggest piece of the storm with the wind and heavy rain, we'll see that rain continue throughout the week most likely through Sunday, it's looking like right now. So time to prepare for the wintry and blustery weather. Go get your free sand and sandbags at those four locations. Mark your calendar with how to submit those public works service requests online. And also just getting familiar with the different service areas that you may live or drive on too. So we have county roadways, we have city roadways, we have state highways with Caltrans. We also have a lot of private roadways or HOA roadways as well. So each of those jurisdictions responds to their own incidents happening on those roadways, but we all work together in collaboration. That's Taylor Wolf, Public Information Officer for Nevada County. Thanks for all the info. Warning, extended metaphor ahead. If you're an investor in the stock market, you may be glad to see 2022 sliding into your rearview mirror. The road ahead, however, is likely to be filled with economic potholes and Federal Reserve speed bumps. Global connections mean we're not alone on this bus called the world economy, but that brings little comfort to Mark Cunaberti, who is here with his Money Matters commentary. Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. My name is Mark Cunaberti. The markets continue to bounce up and down, seemingly without any rhyme or reason to it. As usual, one day one sector rallies upwards, and then the very next day gets carpet slammed. Sometimes a sector or a stock will run for more than a day, maybe even making a few weeks or a month of it, only to halt its ascent and be thrown into a tailspin for whatever the reason. Bad news on stock can bring out the hammer. Bad news in the entire sector can 
slam all stocks that are in that sector, the entire market could be having a bad day, or just the fact that a stock or sector has been going up a lot could be another reason the bloodletting begins. Whatever the reason, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is not so far off its all-time high, but it is dropping again going into the holidays. Other indexes have fared even worse than the Dow. The Nasdaq is off more than 30%. Many individual stocks are off up to 90% or more, and not just the obscure no-name stocks. Some very well-loved and well-known names have been literally beat to a proverbial pulp, or should I say, previously well-loved stocks. It's almost like you have a favorite stock that has survived the carnage of 2022 and may have even been up on the air which is rare, strap yourself in because the 2022 stock market gods will likely slam it down eventually just because. Of course, we'll all know it's the nasty inflation and the Federal Reserve's reaction to it that is mostly responsible. Basically, to slow inflation, the Fed has to slow demand, and that means raising interest rates and removing money from the economic system by a variety of complicated programs. All that translates into crushing the wants and desires of the American consumer, and therefore the means to acquire them, which is their money. Don't feel picked on, though. Central banks all over the world are doing the same thing to their consumers. The inflation is worldwide, so consumers all over the globe must be taken out back and flogged with tighter credit conditions so they don't spend so much. That decrease in demand will supposedly bring prices down, which of course is what inflation is. Making matters worse, as detailed here in Money Matters on my previous musings, the supply lines are not getting any better. As forecast, these supply lines are getting even worse. I've covered that before, so we won't journey into those weeds today. But to say you can't shut down the entire globe's economies and expect to turn them on again like a light switch, of course, the governments of the world probably didn't have that discussion prior to doing it. So goes having non-business people in government. My opinion, of course, they've never run a business, so they basically don't know how to. And the world economies are, in reality, the biggest of all businesses. The bottom line here the world economies are nowhere near fixed, with many landmines ahead, including the vaporous Bitcoin implosion, inflation gnawing at consumer pocketbooks, retirement accounts getting crushed, supply lines still clogged, and an employment work imbalance. There is little real evidence, at least in my opinion, 2023 will be much better. Investors are best to look at the guaranteed options that are out there in the investing landscape that will safeguard their money, instead of perhaps continuing to plow money into what appears to be at least for now, a giant slot machine called Wall Street. That does it for today's Money Matters. Views expressed are not meant as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any securities and the opinion of myself and not the opinion of any bank, investment firm, this media outlet, its staff, members, or underwriters. I hold a BA in economics with honors, 1979, and California insurance license OL34249. Our website is moneymanagementradio.com where everything is free. Our way of saying thank you for listening to your community radio station. My name's Mark Cunaberti. That's our newscast for Tuesday, December 27th. KVMR Community Radio gets support from Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners, carrying remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support. 
serving Northern California counties and San Francisco to Lake Tahoe, milkmancompany.com, and Ubidoc's Urgent Care since 2000, providing walk-in medical and urgent care, accepting most insurance. Open 8 to 6, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, Saturdays and holidays. Located in the Fowler Center, Grass Valley, ubidox.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs every weeknight at 6. If you missed any of our newscasts or interviews, you can listen at kvmr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Joyce Miller signing off. Stay safe and warm and join us Wednesday for the next edition of the KVMR Evening News.